0: Welcome to the 2021 Biz Community Series celebrating diversity and inclusivity in the South African advertising industry made possible by the ACA, Association for Communication and Advertising. I'm your host Retendo Nyamwuda, and today I'm pleased to welcome some of the people behind Hold My Hunters, a recent campaign for Distel's Hunters Cider brand which was voted one of Kantar's best liked ads of 2020. Joining me today are Minal Abdullah, Marketing Lead for Hunters and Edge at Distel, Anita Mubangizi, Marketing Manager for Hunters at Distel, and Felix Kessel, Magic Steam Turbine Driver at Grey WPP Liquid, to lend their voices to this conversation in celebrating diversity and inclusivity. In the south african advertising industry made possible by the aca felix the ad that you guys had created hold my hunters was voted third on kantar's most liked ads of 2020 and it was really such a breakthrough concept in the category and we're really interested in what the brief was from the client what the deliverables were what the outcomes were and what was the client expecting and how did you arrive at the final concept and solution
1: the first thing to say is that uh, this is an ad that should never have been so uh, we we started in a very very different place i'm going to let the, i'm going to let anita and Minal tell you a little bit about how we started but this came into being through expedience, pressure, COVID, and other factors <laughs> that led us to this point. Uh, so, so Anit or Minal, you want to talk about a little bit about the, the world that it was at that moment?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'll jump in. So, you know, we we obviously had a plan. I think like many businesses, many brands, many brand people, uh, we had a plan of what we were going to do for the year, what we were going to produce. Uh, we had cost for a previous ad. Uh, you know, we'd costed for it. Um, we had a shoot date. We were ready to go. And then this this happened. So I think like, like Felix was saying, it was a blessing in disguise. Um, and we had to change plans immediately. So as you'll know, alcohol couldn't um, advertise anymore. Um, and when we did advertise, we had to advertise in a way that was socially responsible, that showed social distancing. But what we wanted to do was um, show our consumers the world that they live in and make it a little bit more relevant to the place that they were in in this moment. And that's how the Hold My Hunters ad came about.
1: It was a it was a great brief because at the at the end of the day, you know, Hunters has owned refreshment forever. That's been that's been the centre of their world. But the question is. Um, Every, uh, anybody can own refreshment. How do we do it in our own way? And 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 uh, one of the most important sort of parts of our audience's lives is the ability to be social and in one fell swoop. I mean, this is my, like, the COVID is a terrible disease. It's a terrible disease because it takes away all your pleasures, right? If you get it, you can't taste, you can't smell, you can't see your friends. You, like, it takes away all the pleasure out of your life, which is a perfect challenge for a group of motivated, intelligent, creative people to put their minds and I'm, now I'm talking about the people in the ads to put their minds to, to solve around that. That's a wonderful place to play, right? That gives us a really, really interesting story to tell. And I think too often we we treat our audiences in advertising with less respect than they deserve. And, uh, and so empowering them to say, these are the ideas that you can have. These are the things you can do this is who we believe you are, uh, is always a great place for us to play. And so that's kind of the ground, that was setting up the ground rules for Hold My Hunters because that's what Hold My Hunters is all about. In that moment, instead of saying, hold my other beverage, uh, we say, hold my hunters and we go and do something. We get up and we go and make something happen. That's the moment when we are infinitely refreshed ourselves. You know, when you wanna do something, in that moment you go, "Damn it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. That moment, you're like, yes, that's the refreshment moment that we're chasing and uh and and that's where the story originated but it comes out of this crazy out of this out of the crazy world that we were suddenly found ourselves in
0: thank you so much for sharing that and Felix and Anita, what you what you both touched on was around, you know, the audience, the, the demographics, who you're speaking to. And Anita, I think you said something along the lines of speaking to where people are right now. And that's what I loved about the ad. It was like even me myself, I could see myself there. I was like, yes, I do remember. I'm having these flashbacks. And so, Minal, I want to ask you actually. Um, you know, looking at this ad in particular, there's no doubt that all of these sophisticated elements of tech really, really come out. We're talking about the 3D headset, the QR code, the green screen room, all of these cutting edge concepts and aspects. Um, for you, what aspects of insights, or what insights rather, um, when it comes to diversity and inclusivity, were required to arrive at this solution and ensure that it would work, that it would hit the mark for your specific target audience?
3: Thanks. I think there's so many um, elements of diversity to consider. You know, um, one of them might be diversity of age, not just the consumers that we had in the ad, but diversity of age from all of us behind the scenes, uh, from the client team, from the agency team, the director's side. Um, just thinking about how we put ourselves in the shoes of the hunter's target consumer, an adult, younger adult, um, and what life must be like for them. Uh, being faced with situations of lockdown, uh, no idea of how long it would take. And obviously this was an ad made in 2020 and uh, more than a year later, we find ourselves in a very similar situation. And so I think trying to trying to understand um, what they would be going through, the kind of pressures, challenges, the kind of desire to break free or hang out with their friends and what that would feel like and how hunters could facilitate that. As Felix mentioned before, uh, something that's really important with the hunter's consumer is that they're typically a group of people you know people don't tend to have hunters on their own it's a sociable drink and we needed to portray that but in a way that was socially responsible so there's diversity of age diversity of thought what would that look like uh, you know how would that play out how do we create that kind of content that still works in a 30-second ad uh, we also had a number of other um, uh, tick boxes that we had you know um, land a new concept of hold my hunters um we um we actually created multiple ads um one hasn't yet flighted but we flighted one on hunters dry um and we also had one on hunters red apple and used that as a launch ad so we had other jobs to do within that ad but still needed to create something that was very entertaining um you know and i think it's it's those different types of diversities that we needed to consider, and as I say, not all of it is um, in front of the cameras, but a lot of it behind the scenes in terms of diversity inclusion. Um, you know, even just the type of consumer that we were that we were touching on. Um, the fact that there's diversity in circumstance. Uh, you know, some people had big houses to to lock down in or to social distance in, and others didn't. Younger people typically don't necessarily have that kind of space. Um, you know, to to have. Uh, a bubble to isolate with. And so we needed to try and put ourselves in their shoes and create something that was relevant, engaging, as Anita said so clearly, socially responsible um, and ticked all the COVID boxes while still being very true to the hunters of 2020.
0: Thank you for that, Rinal. And you, you mentioned now, you know, this was all created during the pandemic, during a lockdown. What were some of the biggest challenges that you had to face um, obviously, agency, client, conversations, creativity. <laughs> Talk to me about the challenges and how did you overcome them, uh, Felix? I'll start with you.
1: This was this that was a challenge. So it was early in the in the lockdown process. We hadn't really figured out how remote shooting might work, but we had to do it. So so we had our clients on the other side of the country in Cape Town, remoting in. We had to be uh, socially distant, which means you had to have a small crew on the set. You couldn't, you couldn't overburden not, not, not too many people. We were remote within that even, even uh, the set itself was broken up into areas where you couldn't transgress. So it was very complicated. Add to that, the fact that the, the script itself required mirroring motion uh, for the two worlds. So you had to shoot the same thing twice um, in different worlds. And, uh, and try and match it as best you could. So it was a, it was a technical shoot. So Toboho, our, our director, hats off. Um, Aileen, our producer, two hats off. <laughs> who made these things really, really, who, who pulled these things together. So we were shooting in town. Town is a difficult place in the center of CBD of Joburg. Um, and, uh, and it was very weird. I have to tell you, it was very weird that the places was deserted. We could We had a curfew. By the time we would normally run an extended day to seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock, we couldn't. Curfew was already too early for that. So, so the all of these constraints just landed on us one after the other, and it's a it's a testament to the production to the production facility themselves, but the degenerate production land. Like they really, really, really made it work with all of those crazies. Regular temperature checking. Um, uh, then then there's the inevitable oh gosh, what happens if somebody actually gets COVID in the middle of this? And there's always a scare. There's always someone like, ah, oh, we just heard that someone's sister, cousin, whatever it is. And then you're like, ah, and, uh, we're gonna have to cancel it, we can't cancel. It was terrible. So through all of those, it required a huge amount of the one commodity that we're probably most shy of um, in uh, uh, in Adland, which is patience. Mm-hmm. You just had to be patient with the process. And even when we got into post-production it was the same thing again like you couldn't be in a facility with too many people so suddenly you couldn't have your clients with you you couldn't sit in the you couldn't sit in a um uh you know we couldn't sit in a room together to do the post-production part of these things so it was really trying i must also call out that we didn't only shoot the ad we also shot a fortune of social content that was the story around the ads that became the the rest of the campaign So the the story itself is wonderful. And you talk about this wonderful virtual party that these guys managed to create. But around that, we wanted to highlight all of the characters and some deeper stories around who they are and what they did. So we were shooting all of that stuff as well. It was monumental.
0: Wow! it certainly sounds like a journey indeed. And Anita, coming to you from the client side, I mean, shooting videos, campaigns, uh, adverts cool. during during a pandemic must have been a little bit very different for you, for, for you, yeah. because you know how agencies would have worked. And what what was the challenges from your perspective, from your side? How was mm. the experience for you? Look,
2: it was daunting, I think, to start off with. We weren't really sure how it was going to work, how the tech was going to work. It would have been the first ad that I've done or the first piece of content I've worked on not being on set and not being able to give in that input face-to-face and in real time. Um, It actually ended up working out quite beautifully. Um, You know, to to Felix's point, we managed to get the tech. There was was a live feed for the whole shoot, so it felt like we were there. Um, WhatsApp became our very best friend. We were good friends before, but now after this, we're besties. Um, So we could get, you know, on-time approvals. Um, So it wasn't, it actually turned out, you know, quite, quite well, as you, as you will have seen in in the ad. And then, you know, luckily there were no mishaps. Um, Nobody got COVID, nobody got sick. So it actually all went according to plan. Mm.
0: And Rinal, anything to add on to uh, what Anita has uh, just shared with us, and you know, from her perspective? I can imagine not being able to be on set, not being able to whisper in the director's ear, can you do it like this? Can we retake it? <laughs> uh, what was your experience?
3: I think, you know, to echo that, it's it's probably the first ad for many or maybe for all of us where we haven't been there. But what it does prove, maybe, um, you know, aligned to the story we were we were revealing is you know so much can be enabled by tech or about thinking about a problem differently and i think that's exactly what we had to do behind the scenes is you know we we had a deadline we had to put these ads out we wanted to put them out uh, we had to find ways to get around the problem of not being able to meet in person of only having less than 50 people on set and for a mammoth production the size of of ours and where we were shooting three ads almost simultaneously we needed more than fifty people on set. You know, the cast itself was quite big, um, and I think it's it's a lesson that there are ways to do things. And in fact, if you trust the process, and, and you know, it sounds good from the other side. There, there were a lot of questions around the process. The the trust fell into place. Um, but I think it just it's a it's a testament to people believing that we could do what we could and making it work. And I think you know, um, I've never experienced watching three days worth of shoots just digitally, Um, and it it was quite something. Every time the phone rang or someone called me into meeting, I kept saying, but we're shooting an ad. You know, act as if we're actually on set. We're we're almost um, unreachable. And obviously there were times where we had to duck in and out, but it was a lot of coordination or virtual coordination between the teams to say, um, you know, I've got to pop out for a meeting, but can you please watch this? Can you keep an eye on this? These are some of the things I'm picking up. Can we just have a look at that? Um, And as you say, no whispering in the director's ears. Uh, no whispering in our creative team's ears. So a lot of virtual communication, but a thoroughly enjoyable output.
0: I can absolutely imagine. And the output was absolutely incredible. It actually looked like everyone was on set. Maybe you did make use of those 3D VR glasses <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, what the, nice. one, of, <laughs> one of the beautiful things about this series And throughout the conversations that we've had is, you know, we're seeing advertising as not only this uh, job for brands to showcase what they're doing in a local context or in the country. But it's almost as if these adverts are acting as if this acting as a beautiful ambassador for South African creativity and what South African can can, uh, can do and create. Uh, on international platforms so we're looking at you know the every single time we get an international award or an international acclaim or nominated for something it's this beautiful moment as South African creatives and um, and we've definitely seen this time and time again as we continue to punch above our own weights and our own expectations Uh, but there are obviously some challenges that come Um, you know, come into play, Uh, budget constraints, what's happening in the market, um, creating in a global pandemic. And it's almost as if, you know, the conversations around Uh, budgets getting tighter to a certain extent, expectations getting larger, but the output is still required and excellence is still required. So I think from from a diversity and inclusivity perspective and where the current industry is and where it is going, what would you all individually like to see more of in the industry and in the space? Anita, I'll start with you
2: is putting me on the spot so in the space particularly of of advertising and in in, a, in the global sense mm,
0: well so, yeah South Africa's positioning uh, in the global sense yeah yeah I think more of
2: positive stories so I think a lot of the times there's uh, you know negativity going out in the stories that we're telling it's stories of adversity it's stories of past injustices um so I think more of a positive story of you know the hope. For that we've got as a nation, the hope that the people that we, you know, that we live with have, um, and just yeah, showing ourselves in the best and the best possible light. Um, I think you know you, you would have obviously seen the COVID news and us instantly getting banned, you know, by the rest of the world. So I think yeah, changing the narrative
0: to to more of
2: a
1: positive one.
0: That's beautiful. Changing the narrative, very key. Yeah. Felix, what would it be for you?
1: Oh, excuse me while I get my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is important to me um, so, so I believe uh, a few things firstly advertising You know, somebody once said we have the power of presidents so we get to say things to the world and then we have this vast quantity of money that is put behind making sure people hear it and that comes the bad old Spider-Man quote with great power comes great responsibility right we need to take that responsibility seriously My feeling is that we, uh, as South Africans, we have unique stories to tell. The South African voice is new in the world. People haven't listened out for it as they're listening out for it more keenly now than they ever have. Um, About 15 or 20 years ago, South America had a rising and everybody was keen on what was happening there. It's Africa's turn now and that's spearheaded very much by us. Here's the kicker. We as the, the custodians of brands, we have a responsibility in our communication, to create better South Africans, that's what I believe we are. We stand for. We need to role model the best behaviours. We need to, and we can do it in fun, profound, uh, funny, um, whatever the tools are. But you, you've got to be able to do it in a way that allows people to understand that the, the role modelling that we create is what we expect a, the better a better South African to be. And those are the stories that matter. Those are the ones that you can push into the world. Those are the ones that get traction. We have amazing stories to tell, um, and we have. But we have a responsibility first and foremost to ourselves to improve our own lot. And I think that's where the where the focus has to be. And brands like Hunter's are central. They're pivotal towards this. You know, those that kind of storytelling.
3: Thank you for
0: sharing that. Thank you for sharing that so much. It's so so important. Um, a lot of the aspects that you've also just touched on now. And um I want to kind of switch gears a little bit, you know looking more broadly about inclusivity uh, specifically, and um, you know, in your opinion or in each of your opinions, how is the advertising industry, um, especially at client level, at agency level, making more seats at the, at the table or providing more opportunities for inclusivity and diversity? Where is the industry now? Is it at a place where you feel that we that you can say um, this is a good space to be in, or do you feel there is still so much that needs to be done when it comes to inclusivity? Uh, Meenal, I'll start with you.
3: Sure. I think you know, taking um, a client lens, I think there's there's so much to be said about what it is that we we are doing for ourselves um, as clients to empower. Uh, young up-and-coming clients and give them a voice. Um, I also think there's so much to be said for diversity and inclusion in the partnerships that we have with the agencies that we work with. And looking at it collectively, I think there's, you know, uh, touching on, on earlier points, there's there's so much um, richness to be found in diversity and inclusivity, and it's again around age. There's so many industry stalwarts who um, who we need to tap into, we need to um, learn from, and and understand some of the hard knocks that they face throughout lives um, or their lives so that we can learn from it and not repeat those mistakes and take the, take the learnings. There's also the opposite to be said. You know, There's some young people who are incredibly talented and don't need age to be a factor in terms of what position or, or the hierarchy that they, they play a role within. I think there's so much opportunity in the age space, in gender equality, and certainly from a client side, I think marketing is one of those fantastic industries where there tends to be um, a large amount of of women or female representation, certainly at tostel that is the case. We actually have three different business unit divisions, um, South Africa being our biggest Africa and international and in fact incredibly they 're all headed by three wonderfully strong smart women and I really think that that is something that is Um, uh, something to be incredibly proud of both from a distal perspective but also for the industry and you know distal isn't the only place where we're finding um, more and more women uh, sitting in in, at the helms of marketing whether it be the marketing director or in leadership roles and I think there's there's a lot of that um, idea of um, inclusivity and gender inclusivity specifically coming about you know empowerment of females and how we have our voices represented within advertising of course, it's easy to say all of that, but it needs to have a brand fit or a purpose fit. Um, but in general, I think there's so much that the industry is, is taking leaps and bounds on. And then, of course, there are other areas where I think, um, you know, there's, there's still some strides to be made. And perhaps Felix can elaborate from, a, from an agency perspective.
1: Yeah, I think in agency land, you know, um, firstly, we were our own worst enemies for so long. Um, so if you consider that it's largely because of us in advertising that the stereotypes that were propagated for so long were what they were right we we had a we had a um, uh, a direct hand in building that world and so we have a, a a giant responsibility in dismantling it and rebuilding a much more inclusive and a much more fair um, environment for everybody in advertising are we uh, um, are we are we there yet no Definitely not, but we are definitely better than we ever have been. Um, I think that um, from a from a, a diversity and inclusivity perspective, people have committed to it, and I, and we're starting to see the change. There are some very dynamic female leaders. There are some non-binary people that have made a very very big impact in um, uh, in advertising generally. Uh, we have brands that are gravitating to non-binary, which is interesting in and of itself because that's becoming a uh, it's becoming a, um, uh, a more interesting story to tell than look at me, my demographic. Right? I'm boring. I'm I'm really boring compared to what is actually out there in the world. Inclusivity and diversity gives you better storytelling. It gives you more power to reach into the emotional flux of the world and actually pull something out that's meaningful so so we're there and we've just got to be aware that we don't use it as a tool right it's not a tool it's a necessary state of being and it's not for us to go and manipulate it it's for us to accept it and bring it into our worlds so we're on the, we're on the journey we're, we're not there yet um uh, we i think the commitment is there however and i think that that's probably as much as you could ask for at this moment and you're going to start seeing it in the work and when you see it in the work that starts normalizing it in society. And the best thing that we can be doing, once again, the power of presidents, the best thing that we can be doing it is normalizing it, breaking things like the, the, the beauty norms that everybody feels are, you know, uh, uh, are ubiquitous. Break those things down. Let's start putting people, more genuine, authentic people out as the role models for people um, in, in the world. And you, once you start doing that, I think then it starts being internalized people, you know, change happens and it happens fast. So we're on the cusp.
0: Very, very good to hear. And, and as you've mentioned, you know, I think that's the power of advertising as well, is when you're, ever, when you're able to showcase and see and almost create the world that you want us to live in and want us to be in. There's that quote, is it art imitating uh, life or life imitating art? Um, so I'm reminded by that. Anita, is there anything you want to add to that as well? Yeah, maybe just
2: the thought that it's, you know, diversity is, you know, in gender and race and age is important, but also diversity of thinking, diversity of experience, um, diversity of, of, of different things that different people have to bring into the table. Um, so diversity, there's a saying, um, it's being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance, right? So it's not just having people At the table but also contributing and the ideas being being heard and and used and put into practice and and like felix is saying it's definitely we we have a ways to go but we're definitely getting there the commitment is there
0: so if if what you said just now is not already up on the walls in your office i think it should be (laughs) that's such, such a beautiful, um, such oh, a beautiful okay. thought. And what I love about what you've all mentioned in this conversation thus far as diversity is not necessarily the way we, we think about it when we think about diversity and inclusivity, the, you know, thinking about it in terms of thought, in terms of action, in terms of, in a wider sense as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite things about this ad, uh, as we've spoken about earlier, is obviously the tech elements. And Yes, it's a story. Adverts are stories. It's a beautiful video, <laughs> but the tech that you guys have included is available to us right now. There is this beautiful, edgy, social, cohesive narrative that you actually can take into the real world right now. So let me know, are you planning on <laughs> providing these aspects and elements to the everyday person where you can scan the barcode or you know be in these virtual settings? What experiences um, are you planning on including if at all any into the general public
1: watch this space
0: <laughs> 2022 it's happening it Felix, is, can on
1: this? Is, i can't i can't tell you more what i can say is watch the space <laughs> <laughs> look technology is such an important part of um uh, of our existence now uh, but we i think what we what we What we run the risk of often is being blinded by the technology. So your technology for technology's sake. Um, From a hunter's perspective, technology is there to enable their lives. It's to enable their social compact with each other. It's to enable their success. There are so many things that hold that young, that youth market. There's so many things that hold them back, especially here. And technology is one of those amazing things uh, uh leapfrog mechanisms that allow them to leap over their problems to get to real world solutions. Our job as a brand is to inspire them to do that and show and and that means again in diversity normalizing things like technology use and uh and and inspiring our people to go and play it's uh it's such an important part of of what we believe. Um, is our role in kindling the fires of their imagination. And technology is, is the biggest canvas brush that we have.
2: What I will, If I may add to that, what I will say is the QR code is actually existing on the back of our pack currently. So we, the first alcohol brand um, to go to market with the QR code. So consumers um, can actually scan currently um, and take part, you know, interact with us on our socials, take part in, in exciting competitions, um, and it's just going to get better and better and more exciting as, as time goes by.
3: One thing I'd like to add to this um, technology piece is um, building on Felix's point, it's it's so important that we take our consumers on this journey of embracing and embedding technology in our lives. Um, I think so often, even the idea of access to higher tech or higher grade versions of tech becomes uh, a conversation of haves and have-nots um, versus us taking them on the journey, making it Um, a lot more accessible or finding ways to even expose consumers to, you know, we can run competitions, we can have workshops or host um, experiences where a set number of consumers are able to engage and interact. But in general, it is really hard to do that with millions of consumers. But if we can even just bring it to their, to their awareness, you know, bring it to life for them, showcase what exists, make it accessible, um, it becomes that, that enabler as opposed to something that other people speak of. And many can't even dream of, or they have no idea what it looks like. And I think, you know, looking at that Hold My Hunters ad, that's exactly what the VR tech was used to do, to showcase how you can almost teleport yourself or or showcase virtually how you could engage with your friends in a world where that just felt so far away, like a dream. So many of us were hankering for 2019 again, because we took so many things for granted. And I think that ad brought a little bit of, of joy back and it used technology um, and relied on it very heavily to create that environment for our consumers.
0: And most certainly, most definitely. And uh, to, to your point on just being able to, you know, in these spaces during this lockdown season you feel a little bit isolated it was almost like for the first time in a long time to your point that you could actually feel almost less alone or like business as usual for (laughs) for younger people like we can interact we can engage we can we, we can almost you know sentiment behind that um also one of the one of the key players and key characters <laughs> in the ad was, of course, the dog. <laughs> and everyone was like, the dog did not go unnoticed. We saw the dog. <laughs> so I have yeah. to ask whose dog is it? How did you choose the dog? How did the dog even land up on set? <laughs> Do you oh. feel like it's going to become a very famous dog? Does it need an agent? Let me know.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. So so the dog no we just picked it up on the way into the shoot and we no <laughs>
2: straight.
1: No, this is straight. No. So the dog's name is Nash. Um and uh, um and Nash went through a, 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 a hectic casting process like everybody else did. They've chosen one from many. <laughs> But Nash was there to ground us in reality. So he's, he, I'm afraid he's a he's a one trick dog. There, his there his job was to ground us in reality and bring us back to the things that are also equally important, um, and have a little bit of fun doing it. So 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 I'm afraid uh, no no extra plans for Nash going forwards, but um, but in his role we think he killed it.
0: So Anita and Minal, I want to ask from your side as. <laughs> as clients who are not on set, what were your thoughts on Nash's appearance and uh, what has been the response been from the target audience thus far as well? Um, well, Nash, I will say he, there was a
2: casting, I, I remember Felix. If I'm not mistaken, there were about three or five dogs that we chose from,
1: yep, and he yep. just
2: seemed the most uh, personable. <laughs> if I may, um, he just seemed. Yeah, I think yeah, he just was the best looking dog. Um, I didn't get to see him, unfortunately, um, or, or pet him or anything like that because I was remote. Um, but uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think he 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 performed he he performed his part really well.
0: And we now any thoughts on
3: Nash? (laughs) Nash understood the assignment. (laughs) He came in and he did exactly what he needed to. And I think he brought a lovely endearing touch to our ad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many things that you need to try and communicate in 30 seconds and It's interesting, Um, if you sit through some terrible ads, 30 seconds can feel quite long, but where you've got a good story to tell, it flies by. And the quickest way to remind our our hero, that he was actually in reality, not in his virtual world, was through this endearing dog. And I think it was, it just added a beautiful touch to the story. And as you say, it didn't go unnoticed. It, it brought a lot of joy and, and delight to, I think, those on set, as well as those uh, watching it. As Anita says, unfortunately, we didn't get to see Nash in real life, but we also enjoyed uh, his role as much as the average consumer did. One of my favorite quotes from this discussion must be,
0: Nash understood the assignment. <laughs> um, so speaking of understanding assignments, which also comes from all of these social media you know, kind of platforms, uh, social media has definitely allowed awareness for, for advertising to go much further than traditional media, um, especially in, in you know, this pandemic state that we're in, where we're on t- social media much more than we were previously. Um, In your opinion, how has um, social media and the effects and the impacts changed your approach to making ads, changed your approach to to putting out content as well? Uh, Felix, I'll start with you.
1: So it's really an undeniable thing. You know, social media has rewritten the landscape um, uh, entirely. Um, So, you know, as to its effect on, on ads, I mean, there are a couple of things there. The first, I guess, is... Uh, we are at the same time constrained by time in the sense that uh, a lot of social media placements are very short and tiny little things which are just there to grab attention. Um, And you have to make provision for that whenever you shoot to make sure that if you need to tell your story in a really, really truncated 15 seconds, can you? What do you do in five? I mean, it's a crazy question, but what do you do in five to grab somebody's attention? The second part, I guess, is um, is that we are not constrained in the sense that we can now make, as long as it's compelling content, your length, your duration could be pretty much anything. But the key is compelling. And it's that old, um, it's that old adage that, uh, that, that uh, that's stuck with me my whole career, which is if we're going to interrupt our consumers, the price we pay is to interrupt them with something that they appreciate, that they enjoy, that they find valuable. So if I'm gonna steal a minute from you, I must make it valuable. I've got to make it entertaining or profound or whatever it is that's, that's good for you. Um, and that that holds uh, even more true in social media. If you watch your own, just your own behavior as you flick through a feed, what stops you? What are you willing to allow to into your world in that moment? You've got to make sure that you're catching people early on. In this, in, in that regard, the way that we tell stories has to be a way, uh, is the way that social media has informed how, the, how people uh, je- uh, consume the content. Do I grab you up front? Is it intriguing enough to allow me to watch for another 10 seconds? And if, and if so, another 10. And if so, another 10. And how do I keep you engaged? How do I make sure that you are not going to flick away to something else? And then remember, I've also created a two-way street because now I've also, in, uh, social media has enabled our, our market to talk about what we're doing. So it's no longer a one way thing where we just hit it, you know, throw it out there and go, ah, there you go, job done. Now we have to field the questions. <laughs> so to, it's only a half a job in making these things. So social media totally has rewritten the way that we, uh, that we approach making ads. But the actual ad itself, it's the same as it's always been. It's got to grab you. It's got to be compelling. It's got to work in a short enough space of time that I don't lose you. And you've got to come away from it with a good feeling. Those are, the, those are imperatives that will stick with us forever.
0: And Rinal and Anita, as you know, as being on the client side of things, how important is it for you to make sure that you're briefing in social media aspects? How are you approaching briefing, um, you know, agencies to make sure that that is a key component as well?
2: I think maybe if, if I may start, I, whenever we do brief, it's never really briefing a TVC, we're briefing a through the line um, concept. So the social media, um, we've moved away from saying that what is the digital piece and what is the TVC? What is the what is the holistic piece? Because you can no longer separate them anymore, really. Um, our consumer, and particularly the younger 18 to 24 that we're targeting, is really a multi-screen viewer. So they're watching something. They're watching a show, plus viewing a TikTok, plus checking the timeline, plus liking on Instagram, all at the same time, all the time. So, how are you reaching them throughout? What is the story throughout all of those components that you're that you're that you're touching them and and reaching them with your message? Uh, when I started in marketing, um, a benchmark, a high benchmark for your media spend was. Ten percent may be on digital, um, and now it's 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 completely changed. Um, digital and social have become imperative um, in us getting our story and reaching our consumer.
3: From my perspective, uh, social media or digital in general, um, you know, there's so many ways to look at it. For so many, particularly parents um, of younger kids, I think it can be a social evil, um, depending on the amount of time and exposure their children have. But certainly from our perspective, I, I would like to flip that on its head and say it's a privilege. It's a privilege that a consumer allows us into their space, sometimes first thing in the morning, sometimes last thing at night, sometimes in the bathroom, uh, you know, in all sorts of weird and wonderful places. And I think, you know, that's just not hunters. It's every brand or everyone that has something to say and is on social media. And, it's, and if we treat it as such, treat the, the, the viewer, the consumer with respect, um that, as Felix said, you know they have the opportunity to choose what they what they see and what they don't or what or how much of something they consume. And I think it's such a privilege that. Um, We have the opportunity to tell stories and to find ways to make them compelling, relevant, engaging that they do feature in our consumers' worlds or the viewers' worlds and find ways to entrench our brand to create some kind of loyalty or opportunity to, to foster further conversation between them and their friends or them and their networks. It's a privilege, and I think sometimes we forget about that. Um, you know, it's as important, or maybe even more important, than many of the other platforms we had used previously. And it seems like it's only set to grow um, in importance, in in time spent on it. And if the pandemic has taught us anything, you know, that digital fatigue that we understand. It plays out in different shapes and forms. And certainly consumers aren't throwing away their phones. They may take a digital detox, but they but they're coming back. And so we've got to keep finding ways to engage them, to, to find cut-through ways to tell very simple stories that engage and that that really um endear ourselves to our audience.
0: And another question is: are there any particular people who worked on the advert that you particularly want to mention? Um, who did incredible work just in terms of bringing this together?
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, I think uh, Kanya Sijaji, who was my creative director at the time. Uh, this was his project through and through, and he drove it and and uh, and did a great job at driving it, so that's fantastic. Uh, must do a call out to our director, Tebogo Makhlati, and the people at BOM, who also were trying to find their way through COVID insanity and uh, and, and did a great job, and then a uh, uh, um, uh, lesser lesser known person, a guy called uh, Itu, Itu Meleng, who did all of the social um, content around this, which actually turned into a mammoth job in and of itself. So you know, uh, shout out to him and our agency producer Aileen Aileen Kenor. Uh, she was a superwoman on this. Uh, also, through the crazy of having to organize something as complicated as this, um, over that time, she did a masterful job and kept her cool throughout. So hats off. <laughs> and then my client people, they were pretty cool. They were amazing. They were there for us all, <laughs> the way through. all the way through, had our backs at every moment, fought the fight through the structures. As you know, you have to do it. You've got to fight the fight through the various layers of approval, which they did for us. And, uh, and and we got through with something that was really, really special.
3: Kudos to you and the team too, Felix. It's always a pleasure working on it. And sometimes you don't realize what a gem you have in your hands until you see it on the big screen and you realize um, that it's actually providing so much more enjoyment to the average consumer than just the team that were working on it. It's yeah. lovely. Um, I want to find out from, from the three
0: of you as a possible final question as well, is this year has obviously brought a number of shifts and changes in the way that clients and agencies are working together as people are producing content. Um, we spoke about the challenges earlier, but I want to find out what was the biggest learning lesson or learning opportunity of this year that um, almost as a piece of advice for people to carry on, you know, even as we're entering 2022 in the new season as uh, so the biggest learning moment or, or, you know, I'd say epiphany moment of 2021 for you. Uh, Anita, I'll start with you. Um, I think it, it, it's it's not to sound cliché but real collaboration
2: um, you know without without it we wouldn't have we wouldn't have managed being so far away being so isolated as we were um and being you know building that strong you know relationship that open and honest relationship um because it's such a mutually beneficial um partnership um so i think fostering that that relationship um collaborating and working together um the whatsapp groups i said you know the they're buzzing. um, It goes down in the DMs. So I think, yeah, I think that was probably the biggest, the biggest learning and biggest win for me.
0: And Minel, what was your biggest or key learning lesson of 2021?
3: Not too dissimilar. I would say communication. And that would have been my knee-jerk answer because I think um you know we we've said it all we're we're in the middle of a pandemic that just doesn't seem to be ending we've got waves and um, they come back just as strong each time it appears we're waiting to see on this last one but i think you know communication and through whatever platform or channel um is incredibly important one one um, small example of that is one of our agency colleagues We hadn't realized that much as we live one suburb away from each other and our agency is smack bang in the middle of that, for an entire year, we hadn't met face to face. Um, But that wasn't at all a factor, because by the time we did actually get to meet, one of us only remembered that we hadn't ever met in person, the other thought it was normal. So I think that's the way of the world. We're hoping to get back to some version of where we were or a hybrid model. Um, But it talks to strong communication, over-communication, being very explicit about what our expectations, requirements, um, sharing of information, etc. All of these things add up to good communication. And I must be honest, there are times where it's It's better. And other times where when we're under pressure, we sometimes default to um, only sharing as needed. And it's a big lesson for all of us that over communicating or regular communication just changes the game. And finally, Felix, what was your biggest or key learning lesson
0: from this year?
1: So I think I learned it last year and this year it's been reinforced in spades. And that's resilience uh, from all sides. Um, our, our agency, our client partners, um, the ability to take the crazy shifts that have happened socially, um, legally. I mean, consider that we were faced with alcohol bans. There's a, a story for you. Every, every, uh, every bottle of, of, of Hunters that you see in that commercial is liquid we had to create on the set because we weren't allowed to transport alcohol. <laughs> so we couldn't even take product. We had to create everything on the, in the moment, on the set. So the, the ability to be resilient, to be able to get up and pick yourself up after round after round after round of challenges and still with energy and enthusiasm, get back in there and do it again. I think that's, uh, and, and now year two of it, um, I didn't know we were all this resilient. I'm super impressed with all of us, <laughs> not least of which our target market. what they've been through is is equally bad and we still we still as south africans come through it and we're okay by and large i mean i have to take my hat off to everybody for that
0: thank you to our amazing guests and thank you all so much for joining us for biz community's industry-wide initiative celebrating these important conversations around diversity and inclusivity in the South African advertising industry, made possible by the generous support of the ACA, Association for Communication and Advertising.